Are you tired of your valuable ideas and suggestions getting lost in the shuffle? Well, that is why I'm introducing Direct Suggest, the revolutionary digital suggestion box that puts your voice front and center. With Direct Suggest, you have the power to make a difference in your organization. Direct Suggest provides value to organizations in various industries worldwide, including notable brands like Comcast, TD Bank, and Nokia. And here's the best part. Direct Suggest only costs 50 cents per employee per month, making it an affordable solution for businesses of all sizes. Plus, they have an incredibly high ROI and savings potential with an average 33 times return on investment. The implementation process is also a breeze. Once committed, setting up Direct Suggest from start to finish can be completed in as quickly as a week or less. Don't let your ideas or your team's ideas go unnoticed. Visit directsuggest.com today and start by making a difference with Direct Suggest. Use the promo code HUMANHR for your extended 60-day free trial. Again, visit directsuggest.com to learn more and remember to use promo code HUMANHR for an extended free trial. Direct Suggest, where your voice matters. Welcome to the Bringing the Human Back to Human Resources podcast. I'm Tracy Chernoff, and I've spent my entire professional career in HR. Each week, we'll explore the delicate balance between people and business with the aim to reconnect the two and create meaningful outcomes. Listen in as I share my own experiences, challenge the status quo, and chat with guests from various industries about our mission to bring the human back to human resources. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here for another week. If you're wondering where the heck I am, I am in an RV, so you'll find that throughout these, well, actually, by the time this episode comes out, I probably will have some more episodes that don't put me in an RV. But nevertheless, here I am. Um, It's a traveling circus on my side of the fence these days, but let's move on. I'm really excited to share with you that this week we have Joshua Driver on the podcast. He is the founder of Selflessly, an all-inclusive software platform designed to create, manage, and report on a company's philanthropy and corporate social responsibility programs, aka CSR. Selflessly was Indiana's first dual-certified B Corp and domestic benefit corporation and certified LGBTQBE from the National Gay and Lesbian Chamber of Commerce. So Joshua, thank you so much for joining the podcast this week. We're really excited to have you, and this is such an important topic. Thank you. Excited to be here. Yes. Amazing. Well, you know, you are the resident expert on giving back and truly being selfless, hence selflessly. So tell us like a little bit about how you created selflessly, like where the inspiration to create selflessly came from and and how all of that started. Yeah, um, I've been uh, building tech companies for several years, uh, helping nonprofits with different internal operations, whether it was fundraising, uh, donor management, volunteer management. Uh, I've always had uh, a goal to integrate technology into the nonprofit space to help uh, uh, organizations run more efficient. And as uh, I started my own nonprofit and be- joined boards, we started to see where it was becoming really tedious uh, uh, for those relationships between the nonprofit side and the for-profit side. And uh, it wasn't for a lack of interest from both sides to work together. It just was very manual. And then mm. uh, there was some attempt to bring technology into that relationship previously but had become antiquated, expensive. Uh, it was really causing more uh, 
problems than, than solutions. So uh, looking at uh, the generations that are in the workforce today and that are coming up uh, really needed some innovation in the space, kind of turned my, uh, uh, the startup side of my brain on again and thought, well, this is something I should dive into and tackle for the benefit of nonprofits. Wow. That's amazing. I mean, first of all, when, when I think about nonprofits and corporate social responsibility, philanthropy, like all of these buzzwords, so to speak, I think when, when we think about companies that are in the for-profit sector or maybe even private companies, there's obviously a lot that they can do to focus on CSR and company initiatives, let's say, to give back and to be philanthropic. Um, why would you say every company, because I know we talked about this before, why every company needs to be giving back? What What is the the inspiration there? What's the, the, the way that we can educate companies and their leaders on the importance of giving back and doing it in a way that's not only authentic to them, but also authentic in general so that it's not perceived as this, you know, performative action. Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, when I came up with the idea for selflessly back in 2017 uh, and started to talk about it, this was a very much a, a nice to have like a fringe benefit, uh, uh, something that uh, created some feel good stories, maybe a little bit of PR. Whereas we saw, uh, after that, and then with the pandemic, we saw employees and consumers alike really looking at brands and uh, or the product services that they that they purchase, and really starting to do a deep dive into how ethical the company is, or where they stand perhaps on social issues, or uh, if I have to choose between these two products. Uh, What's how much of that money is coming back into my community or helping with causes that I care about? Uh, and so uh, we found that from an employer branding side, so I'm trying to retract and uh, attract and retain uh, em uh, great employees. Uh, uh, I'm trying to keep our uh, consumers interested in what we're what we're about, uh, and uh, at the same time, really create a culture that uh, people can connect on and, and circle around it became a, necess a necessary. Uh, and oftentimes we see uh, uh, campaigns in marketing, um, uh, especially from B Corps like, uh, you know, Patagonia or Tom's when they start talking about, you know, you buy a pair of shoes, you give a pair of shoes back, uh, that accelerates the brand and the marketing message sometimes even better than the than SEO strategies and, and cross-channel sure. marketing. Uh, and so that organic growth uh, creates more brand trust. So uh, of course, there's you know there's the box checkers that are like, well, let's donate X amount of money uh, so we can generate some good PR, maybe get a, a couple of new employees and desks. But we really f are finding now with uh, with social media more of the transparency and business operations that you have to become more authentic and really start representing your employees, your stakeholders, uh, and across not just charities, but also the environment, uh, you know, social issues, diversity and inclusion. Uh, and uh, people are, will make 
buying decisions uh, based on how you react or in some cases don't react uh, to those initiatives. So it, it almost has to begin at the beginning of when you start a company. We have several startups that are, you know, one to five employees that have been, they may not even have a product in the marketplace, but they're offering volunteer time off as a benefit to their employees, which is kind of exciting mm. and neat to see. Yeah. The volunteer time off is something that I, I love. I, I have had that in my past and it's such a great way to kind of like flip the script on what it means to be giving back. Like it doesn't always have to be something monetary from a company. It is okay for a company to say, you know what? We totally did not figure this out in the budget. And so instead of, you know, putting some, you know, X amount of dollars into you know, our initiatives here, let's put it on the the company to allow employees to do what they are so passionate about doing because so many people outside of work contribute to organizations or give back to organizations with their time or their money, but especially with their time, that's probably, I mean, you would probably know better than I, but that's probably where most of volunteer efforts come from is in the actual time spent and so many organizations need more hands-on volunteers rather than just, you know, the financial support, which obviously does go a long way as well. But it's interesting to see how companies are, you know, taking a more creative approach if the budget is maybe just not tolerable for, you know, giving hundreds of thousands of dollars to different organizations. Does that sound fair? Absolutely. So uh, common common reasons uh, that we, uh, so our system, we really focus on giving all channels to all companies. Um, uh, for a long time, it's been very separate. And workplace giving, matching donations uh, is, is great. Uh, and nonprofits love it because they get a bigger check and, and everybody wins. But what we've started to see in some of the feedback is uh, uh, that the entry-level employee isn't necessarily making what the CEO is at the company. And with right. all kinds of external financial responsibilities, housing, daycare, healthcare, school loans, et cetera, uh, having a matching gift program is awesome, but it's not necessarily feasible for uh, uh, an entry-level employee to even meet their match threshold. Uh, so how can we offset that with things like volunteering so they still get the positive effects of being able to contribute back. Um, but at the same time, also, uh, as we're thinking about mental health and burnout, um, uh, we obviously can't put all of our employees on a plane and go down to Florida for a week, but this is I a wish. great opportunity. <laughs> as I'm saying, as I'm looking out the clouds and I'm like, man, I didn't yeah, right. <laughs> um, but uh, 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 it's, it's a great happy medium to be getting out of the office, disconnect from the email for the day, go work on something that you care about that hopefully has some type of instant gratification for the employee, perhaps even learning some soft skills and productivity lessons that they can bring back to, the, to work. Uh, I think it's such a, um, it's, it's a broader uh, discussion. I think there's a lot, lot of positive benefits outside of just why well, painted a house, um, right. well, you also got to do some teamwork. You got to know your employee, you know, your colleagues outside of work. Uh, you got to get outside instead of being stuck in the office all day. Um, and those are things that aren't necessarily as quantifiable, 
but can bring real impact back to the workplace. So we do have companies that will come to us and they know that what the salary is of every employee. And so if I let all my employees out for two hours, that costs our company X, X amount of money. And so, well, okay, maybe, uh, uh, maybe that's what the Excel sheet is, is saying, but here's all the other things you're gonna save money on. And at the same time, authentically, you know, get out and make an impact and also get your brand out there. Like, uh, yeah, I understand that there are very analytical people in this world. I'm jealous. I try to avoid Excel and data <laughs> as much as possible, but let's, let's, uh, you know, turn on your heart light a little bit and think about the, uh, you know, positive effects there. And, right. and so, uh, we can, we can kind of break down or peel back the, the onion, so to speak, with some of those more, uh, <laughs> numbers driven executives. Right. No, I love that. I love that. It's so important. I mean, when you think about like what three hours or four hours of someone's day when they're stepping outside of their office, whether it's a physical office or a home office, and they're going to meet with their colleagues and they're doing something that's maybe fun. It's you're giving back. You're doing something that is just genuinely like a feel good activity. It does so much more for those individuals who are participating as well as those who are watching you know from the outside looking in not part of the company to your point like spreading this brand awareness there's so much impact there and it brings me back to a time um in one of my last roles like at one of my last companies where we would do like different like park cleanups in the city and things like that. And it was just always such a fun day, even though you're out in the sun and you're sweating and you're cleaning up trash and you have no idea where this trash comes from. And it's New York city. So you really never know what you're going to find. Like it, it was just always such an enjoyable day and it really like reinvigorates people. And it, it is an engagement driver in so many ways. So I, I like this, this um, approach that you're taking that, you know, certainly there's like the analytical side that, you could calculate how much, how much that time is donating in terms of, or like what that looks like quantifiably, but the qualitative measures that are, or, or, you know, positive effects that come out of that are totally insurmountable. I mean, it's, it's really such an opportunity to get people further connected as well. And I think, I think we're at the point too, where if your company is not doing it, you're competitor most likely is. So, um, you know, That's just right. from the competitive side, you gotta, gotta keep up with that. <laughs> I'm not saying we're at 401k yes. or healthcare ish, uh, health insurance, uh, level yet, but we are, be uh, the be benefits, like what our system provides has started to become maybe in that second tier of benefits that employee employees are expecting to have as a part of their benefits package. Absolutely. That's wonderful. You know, I'm curious because as I was really thinking about our discussion this morning before we started recording, I was thinking about the impact, potential impact that COVID might have had on Selflessly. And I say that because, you know, I definitely think that there was a shift societally in the United States, at least, where everyone's home and we're all thinking about our lives. And I've talked about this so many times on the podcast. I'm sure my listeners who have been around a while are like, we've, we get it. So much changed, so much happened. But I, I share this because I think COVID was really like a pivotal moment for people to really think about the organizations that they care about, 
the initiatives that they care about, um, what they expect their companies to do in terms of whether it's like DEI or belonging, giving back and things like that. Was there an impact that COVID or that time had on Selflessly and even your clients? Yeah, I mean, we launched our system in January of 2020, uh, which is perfect time, you know, boring year, nothing, yeah. <laughs> nothing too interesting happened. Uh, maybe murder hornets right. for a brief, <laughs> a brief period. Oh my um, gosh, right. <laughs> The story that needs to be told is murder hornets, but that's okay. Right, uh, that's right. Uh, you know, uh, interestingly enough, uh, you have this combination of, uh, you know, from a manager or um, uh, leadership perspective, you know, what is my company going to look like? How am I going to? How are we going to exist without having everybody in the office? What is that going to look like? Um, uh, so the first probably like quarter to two half of the year was a lot of, okay, how do we continue operations without knowing what the future holds? Mm -hmm. um, uh, so from our perspective, uh, we actually stopped operations and building our software and actually refocused on the nonprofits and how do we connect with nonprofits that are now getting zero funding because everyone's holding on to their money because they don't know what's going to happen, mm -hmm. uh, and then have zero volunteer opportunities. Uh, and uh, how do we keep these nonprofits afloat? And so for several months, uh, we hosted a webinar series to help with uh, executive director burnout and how to keep things positive uh, and bringing technology partners on and how to virtualize their volunteer programs or how to keep the conversation mm. going. Uh, so we focused on that. And then finally, when our companies that we had uh, uh, pre-sold the software to uh, and HR had all of their, you know, everyone's working remote, then the, the task was, how do I keep my employee engaged now? Because they're working from home. They're not coming into the office and being able to connect and communicate with with everybody, they may not be used to working from home. Now there's all of these extra distractions like Netflix, Hulu. Um, mm -hmm. I really felt for our staff that had kids in the next room having to be on Zoom all day. I can barely do that as a as an <laughs> adult. I don't. I if I was I ten years old in the, this time, I'd be. I don't know. My parents would have to crate me or something. I would be going crazy. <laughs> um, but what can we do to bring the teams back together? And at the same time, from a mental health perspective, we're watching the pandemic take over things, change things, restaurants, all these things closing. Uh, it was really easy to feel helpless and like, what can I do to even give back? I'm not a nurse. I'm not a, a microbiologist. Um, what, what can I do to be helping during this time? And so we really adapted and worked with nonprofits to create virtual programming. And also what could we bring into the home that families could do while they're stuck inside? So a lot of, you know, mask building, a lot of um, coloring, uh, coloring books to send, you know, pictures to kids in the hospital, um, uh, a lot of care packages to families that were experiencing loss from somebody who uh, didn't make it through their, their COVID uh, illness. Mm -hmm. uh, and so we really had to think outside of the box 
and took on that responsibility. It's really easy for us to say, here's your workplace giving, best of luck, see you later. Um, but we thought um, we didn't want philanthropy giving back and that the quote unquote selflessness to go away while we're waiting on a vaccine or some light mm -hmm. tunnel. Uh, so we used up quite a bit of our brain cells, you know, thinking about what that meant. And at the same time, I think, uh, well, I know from the feedback that we got from our users, they appreciated when we had a new idea for them on how they could give back, how they could support teachers that were dealing with, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, kids, 20 kids on a Zoom call and uh, kind of expanded philanthropy to not just be making a donation to say the United Way, but also helping that elderly neighbor down the street uh, get her groceries from her door into her kitchen if they're too heavy. Or what does that really, what does philanthropy look like, not just in the charitable sector, but really helping with, a, with the greater good? Um, and so uh, I think it instilled a lot of selflessness and maybe people are starting to subconsciously think about what can I be doing better in my existing day um, or considering other people as I go about my life. And so we've seen a steady increase post pandemic. I don't, I'm hoping we're post pandemic. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, I think that uh, I, we've seen activity go up and I think the pandemic has something to do with that in, in that we could be in this same position again and people do need to operationalize, work together and get through these situations as a village versus just on our own. And so um, I would say there weren't a ton of silver linings with the pandemic, but one of those I think is we have seen an increase in people willing to help others um, uh, from uh, post that experience. The growth of any business relies on the workforce behind it, and Namely knows that if you can wow your people, you can power your business. Namely is the all-in-one HR solution that empowers you to engage and develop your people in an intuitive platform, so you can make your life easier and your employees happier. Namely's award-winning technology gives your employees the career and connections they need to truly become part of your business. Whether you have 20 or 1,000 employees, Namely handles the essential HR, payroll, and compliance needs all through their modern and integrated platform. With Namely, your team stays engaged with a seamless interface and self-service tools to request PTO, acknowledge peers, review pay stubs, and enroll in benefits while you get the time and data you need to focus on your core business initiatives. As Namely helps you easily handle everything from onboarding, payroll, time tracking, open enrollment, employee engagement, and so much more. Make your life easier and power your business with Namely today. Learn how you can simplify your HR processes today at Namely.com. That's Namely.com. If your company is remote or hybrid, then you know just how difficult it can be to grow your company's culture beyond a pre-scheduled Zoom happy hour or occasional lunch and learn. Well, this week's sponsor is here to solve that. They're called CultureBot. CultureBot has devised what will likely become the gold standard for growing and blossoming a company culture inside of Slack. The app is like a sidekick for any HR or people professional, automating a lot of the mundane tasks you probably are forgetting to do on a daily basis. Things like birthday and work anniversary celebrations, team shout outs and kudos, employee introductions and remote games. It even has health and wellness tips and conversation starters. If that piques your interest, this will get you even more excited. 
Today, I'm able to share a special promotion for listeners of the podcast. You can get your first six months of CultureBot for 50% off. Plus, if your team is under 25 employees, CultureBot is free forever. So if you're looking for a way to create a culture of appreciation and drive increased engagement and togetherness across your team, I definitely recommend checking out CultureBot. Go to getculturebot.com slash humanhr. That's getculturebot.com slash humanhr to get the offer. Plus, I've added the link in the show notes so you can just click right there. Now, let's get back to the podcast. That's wonderful. I mean, I think if there's anything that COVID enabled all of us to do was to think differently about approaches that we otherwise would have taken in a different way. And even as you were describing how you had to use all of this, all of this brain power, everyone on your team, and uh, you know, contributed to thinking through what the next phase, the first phase of selflessly was, let alone the next phase, and how to not only stay competitive but to really appeal to the ever-changing times. I mean, that is a perfect example of what really probably every single company had to do, and, and or every single person from. Healthcare workers to teachers to students. I mean, it really had us all confronting how we operated in terms of like normal times and pre COVID times and what COVID required us to do and change. And, you know, this whole conversation that we're having today has made me think about um, an episode that I did a little while back. It was episode 122 with David Latin, who is the head of procurement at Logitech. Oh, and yeah. we, yeah, we, he was, he's such a, such a fascinating guy. And we were talking about, um, gender advancing gender equality and supplier diversity through company spend. And you, I mean, I don't know if you've ever met David, but actually the two of you would totally hit it off. So if you don't know him or if you haven't met or you haven't connected, I will absolutely connect you because all of our conversation today has really made me think about how with him and his team at Logitech, one of the one of the key focuses that they've had is to make sure that they're spending their money, which they have a lot of it. And, you know, obviously with a lot of money can come a lot of influence that they're spending their money in ways or, in, or investing their money in ways that is ultimately giving back or focused on the greater good and, you know, focusing on supplier diversity. So when they choose between company A and company B, thinking through, well, you know, is it minority owned? Is it woman owned? Is it a B Corp? Like what are the different, you know, um, like, I guess, categories that these companies are not only a part of, but also do they care and do they proactively focus on DE&I? Are they doing the things that Logitech cares so much about? And so our conversation today really made me think about my conversation with David a number of weeks ago, because of the just some of the things that he talked about as far as like the trillions of dollars of spend that are currently going to all of these companies that aren't necessarily putting their money where their mouths are. And so when I think about how you're sharing, you know, companies doing things authentically and what philanthropy means and how from with COVID you you really kind of like push the envelope to expand this definition of philanthropy that companies can also think, you know, can go back to this idea that they can also think about how they're spending their money and with whom they're spending their money. So um, that just made me nostalgic of that episode, of that conversation. 
it's it's an interesting dichotomy. We're a certified B Corp. We're an LGBTQ owned company. Um, we're super rare. <laughs> there are there are maybe yeah. I think uh, I think I talked to the B Corp once. There's maybe three LGBTQ owned certified B Corps globally. Um, oh and uh, uh, you know, interesting thing about uh, you know, uh, there's always the point counterpoint on supplier diversity and. Uh, I, the interesting thing, and, I, and not that I'm the spokesperson for the LGBTQ community, but a lot of us started our businesses because we were fired from another company mm. for being who we were. Um, and uh, fortunately, that was not my case. Um, I've been very lucky, but a lot of, of my uh, peers have. And so, um, uh, it, and, and we're based in, in Indianapolis, Indiana, not exactly the beacon of progressiveness and diversity here. Right. Right. Uh, and so we do have unique challenges in getting the same access as somebody, you know, in Silicon Valley or, um, you know, that might have more state incentives or something for, for companies like ours. And so um, uh, we really rely on those opportunities, but I do think uh, conversely, we bring a different perspective to the table with our technology. We've been through some things that a lot of, um, a lot of maybe our competitors haven't. And so we can bring a degree of empathy um, and experience that is more of a lived, uh, a lived lesson uh, that you um, can only uh, teach if you've been through it. And uh, we find that in a lot of our uh, even in our UI um, and the way that we build our technology, we're really thinking about a diverse workforce. Uh, what tools would that entry-level employee need that maybe the CEO doesn't and vice versa? And how do we create more accessibility there? And I think that that's, um, I, that, I, I just think that there's so much opportunity there because you have this insight of knowing what it's like to be denied something or not have the same opportunity so you have to get creative and figure out how to get get out there and work around some of those obstacles so um so i you know i i mean i'm biased <laughs> obviously you know i love, love, love it but at the same time there is um it's not it, I understand that there's a, you know, a counterpoint that, oh, you're not, you're giving, you know, more opportunity to these people just because they're, they happen to be um, of a certain gender identity or sexual orientation. But um, uh, it's certainly not a free ride. Uh, I'm certain, you know, we, we, we don't just uh, give subpar technology because we can get away with it because we're gay. <laughs> like it, doesn't, it doesn't work that way. It's not in the contract that, like, you know, they don't. That would be <laughs> so, great, but right. If anyone, ha anyone wants to put that in there, be happy to, de <laughs> to decrease our service level agreement. But uh, you know, that's a start. Um, uh, it, it, it is helpful um, uh, for us to get an opportunity to work with companies like Logitech because we don't have the same access to investors and maybe even the same network to get in front of a David or the like mm -hmm. to uh, be able to even pitch them. So, mm -hmm. um, so it, 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 I understand the perception from outside of that ecosystem on, on supplier diversity. I understand, but there are some significant challenges that uh, uh, minority groups uh, face in building a business. And so yeah. it's nice.
be assessed <laughs> to right. at least get <laughs> right, right. This I think if I'm remembering correctly, I think this was something that actually came up in our discussion that if, you know, unless a company is really thinking about this, think about all of the missed opportunities, all of the all of the the people or the, you know, companies like selflessly that are owned and operated by groups that do provide supplier diversity that otherwise would be missed you know, because a company could just say, oh, well, we're just going to go with the most competitive price or we're going to go with, you know, someone that we've worked with in the past who may or may not be, you know, categorically diverse as a supplier. And so it's just, it's just a very interesting, you know, kind of concept to think about how when companies just switch their mindset to, okay, we're going to put in two times more effort than we already do to at least have you know, maybe maybe we're looking at three suppliers and let's make sure that at least one of them comes from a, a diverse background, whether it is racial or gender or, um, you know, sexual orientation, whatever that might be that makes them, you know, a, a diverse supplier in that category. And it really I mean, it's the kind of the same mentality that we've already talked about with, you know, philanthropic uh approaches and actions, but also on like the HR side, even thinking more in a more detailed way, when we think about recruitment, if you're not putting the intention to have a diverse pool of candidates, you're never going to have a diverse team. And so it's just like, all it takes is that one shift in the thought process, one shift in mindset from one company to make a huge difference. Um, and so I, I, I'm glad that we've been able to kind of circle back to that type of conversation because to your point, I mean, you like selflessly falls under this category. And if one business like Logitech or someone else thinks a little bit differently about how they can procure suppliers that are considered diverse in various ways, that that makes a huge difference, not only for you and your team, but also for their teams as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we've, uh, at least from my perspective too, based in Indiana, I really feel the responsibility to be successful with the company and really mm -hmm. drive our visibility because it's it's tough to be an LGBTQ youth right now. Um, mm -hmm. I won't get into the politics of it, but uh, uh, you know, being able to be visible and that, yes, just because you're a, a trans person doesn't mean that if you want to start a company, you can't do it. And so mm. we, we have to fight through some of the, uh, uh, some of the hurdles because we need to be out there and showing that it is possible to thrive as, as a member of our community and still, um, equate the same, you know, get force, you know, the discussion around getting the same opportunities so that it doesn't feel like Absolutely. it's going to be an ongoing battle. <laughs> so or that's, like, that's how I'll work through it in therapy, I guess. Uh, so I'm just assuming that's how everybody else's process. <laughs> Uh, so yeah. it's it's absolutely fair. I mean that that's like the definition of equity, right? Is is enabling everyone to have the same opportunities. It's not saying that we're all treated the same way, although obviously equality would be a great thing, but equity at a minimum is what everyone needs in order to be able to have opportunity to build a business, to have, you know, to be successful as a business owner and, you know, whatever else kind of comes to mind when it comes to equity. Yep. 
Um, you know, just kind of rounding out our conversation here. I know we've talked a ton about like the ethos of uh, CSR and philanthropy and giving back. What can, you know, for the listeners who are tuning in, what can, what can we share with them as far as how to physically and tactfully create programs, um, how to even like explain or pitch these benefits to executives? Like what are some of the quantifiable things um, that they can do or the data that they can leverage as far as how uh, these types of programs can benefit companies? And, and you know, what, what would we say is, you know, just kind of, again, generalizing this is the best way to kickstart a program? Yeah, so um, our biggest competitor is a Google form, quite frankly. Um, that's yeah. uh, where a lot of companies come to us. They'll start a matching gift program or uh, they'll set up a form where employees can log their volunteer hours uh, internally, um, which is great. Uh, however, it's generally falling into the laps of the overworked HR administrator that has <laughs> to do... <laughs> actual like know. HR stuff. In this. <laughs> so, um, uh, but, uh, you know, we, our smallest company is a two person quilting store. Uh, our largest is, is tens of thousands of employees. And wow. as much as, uh, their needs may be different, the intentions are the same. Uh, and so uh, we really like to, if we're talking to a business owner or somebody in a leadership position, take an audit of your company. What are my services or products that I provide? And is there something that we could give away that could be great for a silent auction item? Or if I own a web development company, maybe we should go and reach out to a nonprofit that's operating their website off of a, you know, a MySpace page or something, and let's get them a legitimate, like, you know, Squarespace or Wix or something. Um, right. So it can be as simple as that. But we have a, a template of a of like an employee survey uh, that uh, uh, that people can send out uh, to survey their employees. Like, what do you care about? What's interesting to you? Do you think we should be even considering uh, the issues affecting um, our community or causes and 10 times out of 10 uh, employees are like, it would be really great if uh, I'm on this board of this dog rescue, it would be great if I could leave work for an hour to go pick up a dog in Southern Indiana and bring him into the fostering system. Um, uh, because if it's not talked about, employees generally don't feel like they're empowered to be able to do things like that. Um, and so uh, for, uh, for leadership to send something out and say, we feel um, called to be giving back. What does that mean to you? Because it can mean, I say for every 10 employees, there's 10 different uh, ways that they would like to be giving back and or 10 different causes. And so being able to get the insight for the employees increases participation, but also starts to create a new connection between managers and subordinates and that, wow, they authentic, they really do want us to be able to live our best life or they do want to empower us to be able to work on things that we care about as a part of our work day. Um, and uh, so that's, that's a great start. Um, and then where we come in is uh, 
generally when the uh, excitement has taken over and now the HR person is, is committed to have to report on it, um, uh, we're here to, to save them. And really the data and the information that you can get out of a system like ours. Um, uh, we track, uh, obviously, the aggregated hours, uh, the aggregated dollars that have been donated across co you know, causes by name, cause types, um, uh, the value of products and services that have been donated or grants. But where we're really starting to get into the bigger discussion and what we're excited about is we're working with the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. So ESG is a very polarizing political term right now. So we have decided to go towards the Sustainable Development Goals as a um, as a way to diversify the ES and G into bigger buckets. Uh, so we can now look at 17 different ways companies are investing in the betterment of society. And then also, I mean, we're basically like a hub for content for social media. Uh, employees, as they volunteer, they can upload photos, talk about their experience, what they did, what the value was of that. Uh, and so it's really easy for that social media marketer to log in and export uh, three to six months worth of content to be able to pre-program and send out. Um, uh, but uh, having the analytics, uh, we have companies that are pledge 1% members where they're donating 1% of time, 1% of revenue, 1% of, um, of infrastructure back to charities. Uh, we can actually now uh, track that and make sure they're staying compliant with that pledge. Uh, that wasn't available before. Uh, and so uh, anything that would uh, be great for a social impact report can come out of our system. If you are a B Corp, uh, managing your compliance there. Um, and so uh, that's the real exciting thing to see at the end of the year is the impact. And, and uh, most of our users have reported, like, I had no idea that I did this much throughout the year. The only way I measured it was through tax time, I'm digging through my inbox trying to find the receipts of right. donations. Right. <laughs> so, right. That's uh, usually my MO. <laughs> oh, same. <laughs> same. <laughs> so, uh, so, but it creates a really cool timeline and story um, that uh, I think is, is, is something employees should be proud about, proud of, even on an individual level that they've made the commitment to do for others. Um, instead of constantly uh, focusing on what would be best or what's, you know, what's going to benefit me the most. And um, right. I think that's important. That's amazing. Amazing advice all around. I think the listeners are hopefully going to take so much away from this episode. So thank you so much again for joining the podcast. This has been so enlightening and inspiring and, and everything in between. And by the time this episode comes out, you know, it's going to, it'll be November. So everyone will be hopefully thinking about their upcoming year strategy um, and budget, hopefully. So for everyone listening, you know, really keep this, keep Joshua's words in mind, keep selflessly in mind and, and just keep these initiatives in mind so that you can really make a, a plan for 2024. I can't even believe it's 2024 almost um, to, to be able to give back and have these programs. So Joshua, thank you so much. I'd love to give you a moment to share where everyone can connect with you and selflessly and, and keep the conversation going. Yeah. Uh, you can find us at selflessly.io is our website. Uh, our social media channels are at give selflessly. 
Um, and uh, if you want pictures of my English bulldog, you can go to Josh Driver's show on my socials. It's really not, it's just pictures of him, not really anything too exciting. Um, but, uh, but yeah, we're here. Um, we've been fortunate enough to not only hire tech people, but also nonprofit people too. So if you do have questions um, and are thinking about implementing a program, we can talk through uh, that kind of stuff. And I'm glad this is coming out at the beginning of November because Giving Tuesday is about 30 days out after this will air. And Giving Tuesday yes. is a day for corporate uh, participation. And so um, I'm sure we'll have some cool programs and things we can uh, provide tool-wise so companies can uh, participate for Giving Tuesday, which is our busiest day of the year. Uh, yeah, our busiest day of the year. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's a great point. I'm, I'm really glad that this timing is working out so great. Perfect timing. <laughs> that's amazing. Well, thank you again, Joshua. Really appreciate your time and everything that you and Selflessly are doing. Likewise, thank you so much for the opportunity. Appreciate it. Sure. Hey, just before you go, don't forget to subscribe to the show so that you are the first to hear when an episode drops each week. And maybe leave a five-star review and a comment about how much you loved this episode. Plus, if you have someone in mind who would really enjoy this episode, make sure you share it with them. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I will see you next week.